Hello, hello, guys. So, Hi, hola, hello, shalom, shalom. We have Shaked here today for this Buongiorno. podcast. And he's like a good friend of ours. He works at Lingopi. I'll give him like uh, the word to introduce himself. Okay. Uh, hello, everyone. So my name is uh, not shaked, it's Shaked, you need to emphasize the K, it's very hard sometimes for some people. And I'm based in Tel Aviv, this is Deborah, and uh, yeah, and I speak Hebrew. Uh, by the way, I think it's pretty cool, this fun fact about the Israeli names. So my name means an almond tree, almendro, mandorlo, and uh, basically our names is either biblical, or very hippies so you can find people very common people that name of like wave or after a tree or something like that so this is just a fun fact about uh, where i'm from and yeah and i really really love one second i really like to fact is to that cook. most of your names are unisex no interesting yeah, yeah that's most of it pretty much yeah so I, I really, really love to travel, and I think it changed my life. Uh, I was uh, for a pretty nice amount of time uh, traveling in the Americas, both North and South. Um, and while I was traveling, the way I, I did it is uh, first and most important is go without any time uh, restrictions, which means I just took a flight and then I figure out what I'm doing, where I'm going. I didn't have a plan and what one thing I knew that I don't want to travel with people from my country and I want to meet other people from other cultures and uh, it happened to be probably the best the best decision I made in my life and I uh, I like did the best to really get to know the the, the locals and be as less gr gringo as possible and learn the language not not easy in the beginning uh, but with the time i kind of uh, picked it up uh, i was first uh, went to the world cup four years ago uh, went to german brazil historical disaster yeah funny story actually that you know a seven one and uh, I started drinking beer because this is what you do when you go to a game. And uh, I was like, after the first goal, I told my friend, man, I need to go to the toilets. And I was uh, just like a second after I went, I was waiting in the line. I heard like all the stadiums like, whoa, like something ha happened, crazy. <laughs> a minute after again, and I was like, what the fuck, what happening? And then a minute after again, and then I came back and my friend is looking at me. I can't believe you lost three goals, man. <laughs> the most historical game. It was your like, fault, Shaq. You shouldn't go to the bathroom. Yeah, but then a German friend told me that Germans are uh, experts for beer uh, and toilets uh, relationship. And there is this thing that uh, in order to avoid it, the first time you need to go to the toilets, you need to hold the hardest you can. And then it will kind of uh, fix it. So you want me to go every time, but just a funny story. So yeah, so I was traveling for a while. I met a bunch of Argentinians, learned Castellano. Uh, then I, I was uh, also, like I said, in Brazil and I was 
I fell in love with the people there in Belo Horizonte, and I uh, learned uh, Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, uh, mainly through music. This is like I'm still today binge uh, listening uh, music. And uh, yeah, and uh, this is pretty much it. I think I spoke a lot, like always. But, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. You are the guest. You you're the the man in the room. You can ah, the yeah, star. No, no. You can speak. You, you're the you're the the star, Pedro. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm yeah. not. I'm just like... so campion. Beleza. Nice, nice, super cool. Yes. And you, Alice, would like to introduce yourself, Alice? Yes, I am Alisa. I live in Egypt in the, on the Sinai Peninsula with my husband and my daughter for like around four years already. And um, I moved here from Israel where I lived before. And I, I also work in Lingopai. And um, in the marketing department, I'm uh, doing organic, organic uh, growth uh for lingopai i speak five languages also like russian german english hebrew and arabic um not fluent yet however good enough in order to understand the important things and say the important things at the moment i hope i will be better soon and um traveling i also love travel and cooking a lot i traveled um Alisa, she's an amazing cook. She's a little bit modest, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Her pasta with shrimps is amazing. Don't tell the rabbi, but it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I traveled over 50 countries all over Ooh. the world, Ooh, I think. Um, pretty much on every continent. And uh, but I am different than you, Shaket. I always had a time limit because if uh, if I wouldn't have a time limit, I think then I wouldn't have came home ever. Uh, it would be always I always get stuck uh, in places. And I also Which, yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing. Just saying, and uh, just you you are stuck in Sinai, let's say for three years. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if your plan went so well. I went to come. I came here to travel, and then I met my husband and got stuck. And same thing. And he went, came on a horse. Same thing happened in Israel. And, and he was on a white horse. It was the the the, the picanchi, the white yes. horse the story. You know the he Messiah. Was, he's supposed to come on a white horse. He was on a white horse, indeed. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> Desert beach. White horse and the future husband. It sounds oh, like yeah. a story. Yes. Da da da. Uh, we have a farm here, <clears throat> which I didn't mention last time. It's not uh, so related to languages, but we can do some uh, some induced uh, advertising for regenerative farming, which we are practicing here in the desert uh, with the. Uh, some how to say varying successes here and there but it's exciting and uh, we got some interesting visitors last week so this was uh, very amazing to biden start. was there i think no joe biden <laughs> joe biden <laughs> there were nine oh, no, 
No, uh, the COP27? Yeah. No, just it was no, here. They were, they were it was it was in the farm it was uh, close oh, to the farm uh, 90 presidents were here they like closed down sinai nobody could come in and out and, and they made everybody install lights and so typical for those cameras. presidents such a okay. typical thing to do yeah but yeah that's uh, about it for me you didn't introduce yourself, Pedro, last time. So. I will introduce myself now. Uh, I'm Pedro. I'm from Brazil. Also, I'm working at Gopai, doing marketing stuff, some link building, some partnership here, onboarding there, uh, this podcast, like a, a bit of everything. Uh, currently, I'm living in Curitiba, south of Brazil, but we never know tomorrow. We can, I can go like stay like in some another country because I, I really enjoy to travel as well. Like all my folks in Gopai, I think for, I think for to, I think for start this is like a, a pre request for work in Gopai. Like, do you like to travel? Yes, so come on board. So you are part of Gopai because everyone travels at Gopai. It's amazing. I think that's one of the reasons that I really enjoy the company because it's so easy. For, for people to talk about it. Uh, so if you put like everyone's in the line and ask, ask which cuts have you been, we can like, we can put all the countries together in one company. So that's amazing. Thanks, we've been uh, to all the countries together? No, I, yes, I think like, if you put like everyone's country, like the visiting <laughs> ones, not the, they originally, so probably we have like, I don't know, Bhutan, Bhutan, I probably, there's no one in Bhutan, <laughs> or Chip. I don't know, maybe there's someone to, someone visit Bhutan, I, I, I don't, how do, how do I say, like, I don't know if it's Bhutan, it's in English, Bhutan. Isn't it Myanmar? I was, I was thinking you were saying in Portuguese, like, Bhutan, you know? <laughs> then I you're talking about the, the country. It's the country. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it's Bhutan, but I don't know. I'm Bhutan, Bhutan. Uh, in Portuguese, uh, Bhutan. It's crazy. Uh, it's almost the same, same thing. Uh, what I really like to do is, uh, besides of traveling, uh, swimming, diving, uh, when I have an ocean to do. I, I don't like to do this in rivers. I hate rivers. I don't like rivers. I don't swim in rivers. Never. I'm, I'm fucking afraid it's of It's kind of a weird of thing, like, Pedro. Like, uh, I, I can understand if you don't like broccoli, but why do you hate rivers? It's not a, not a, not a I, thing I, to be hating. No, it's not hate. I, I like to see it. I don't like to swim in rivers. That's the, the thing. There's snakes. Oh, yeah. There are snakes in rivers. <laughs> These things that I, I, don't, I don't believe, that I don't trust a lot. All Brazilian, they have this phobia of like crazy animals like it's crazy all the brazilians that i met they have some trauma or like because it's like you know there's really dangerous animals there but yes yeah like snakes like spiders cobra cobra aranha i don't know why why this happened uh, mosquitoes I'm not, uh, sharks no, mosquitoes, that's fine no there's no sharks here 
not in where you live, I see. <laughs> yeah, but that is not a lot. It's not like uh, South Africa. There's white sharks. <laughs> and go to Hesif and then we talk. <laughs> Perhaps this, this next year I'm heading uh, like to northeast of Brazil. And also, I the, the last the cool stuff about myself is like I wrote a book two years ago, and I never wrote again another book. Hopefully, one day I can do again because it's a, such a hard task to do it. I'm quite uh, lazy to to start like think another What's one. What's the book about, Pedro? It's about obviously about traveling. <laughs> it's like. 12 short stories about travel situation around the world. So there are situations happening in Israel, Spain, Czech Republic, Mexico, Brazil, even in Iran. I've never been in Iran, so, but I wrote it. I can, I mean, nowadays we have access to Google Maps, all the information, so I can check out the, the streets and places in Iran, the culture, and I build a story based on that. Also Italy, in Naples in Italy. Uh, yes, it was like a cool, some stories were a bit real, another ones were more related to fiction, but based, basically, mostly I published. I have, yeah, I have I it in my, my home. I, I, I have here somewhere. Uh, okay, I can take it like later. <laughs> There's like in the room, I published by myself. Uh, this is a self-published uh, physical book and on for Kindle as well on Google on Amazon. It was an interesting experience to build the book from the scratch and publish by myself. Without, Pretty like, impressive, Pedro, I have to say. Yes, it was a nice uh, like drafting the cover. Every, I did all by myself in, because it's so expensive to, to hire like a, a publisher to, to start like doing that. So I, I thought, okay, I can learn this. I learned how to use uh, Adobe InDesign to, to edit my book. So it's edited. I, I took like several books to check the, the words, the, the size, which a calligraphy, I would use it, uh, but it was an interesting experience. It took like like five, six months from starting the book and receive the first uh, box after I finished. But yes, was I miss those old days like writing. Perhaps I I'm quite lazy to write now. I, I don't write. I just write like emails and this kind of stuff. No history again. Uh, yes, that's me. Where did Very you guys cool, go um, the f your first big trip? Like oh when you really felt trip? like disconnect when you really felt like disconnected from your home, you know, and your parents and you were really on your own. And I don't mean like a couple of days, I mean like a couple of weeks. M mine was in Spain. Uh, it's actually it was the first time I left Brazil. I was 20, 26 years old. I booked a, uh, I mean, a plane to volunteer in Spain. So I, I did in a city called Valencia, Malaga, and and Granada. 
So I, I spent like three months there. So it was the first time ever I left Brazil. I took like this, this first trip. Also, it was the trip that I went to Israel, Thailand, and everywhere. I supposed to be out of home four months, and I spent like 12. So it was amazing. And I, I've never stopped since then. See, so I, it's something that it's me. I, I, I need to be on the road. Nowadays, I'm in Brazil, but I know at some point, I'm going to start again, start over. I don't know where. I did this like in South America uh, for 10 months now. Are you in your home now or no? <sighs> That's hard to say. I'm, I mean, we can say that I'm home. I'm at home. Because there's, I, I, I don't think I, I, I have a home. I'm living <laughs> at my girlfriend's house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I can say it's home. Now, it's, if it's Brazil, it's home. Okay, so like it's uh, there is a, like an, an evolution. Okay, uh, so I think first really time that I went without my parents was when I was fifteen. So I was in Germany for a month, and kind of very cool uh, program um, in a small town called Gauting, just out, outside of Munich. And I stayed there with uh, some people around my age, and I, I loved it. I think it's the first, like, let's say, uh, time that I, I felt that this is something that I really like to do is meeting people from other cultures and doing, like, daily routine stuff, you know, just, you know, we went to their school, we drank a lot of beer, of course, we went to eat, we went to the English garden in Munich, and went to the river, Pedro. I'm sorry, but we we went inside the river. But there's no snakes in in Germany. <laughs> yes, but it was beautiful. Munich was amazing, and and yeah, so I was there, and I went to Dachau for like uh, this seminar thing, of course. Um, and I, I really loved it. Like there was like like in the seminar, there was like uh, 120 people from different places in the world. I met my first like uh, serious girlfriend, which is from Trieste, from Italy, um, and yeah, it, I don't know, it, it was amazing. And I think then I went also to Palma de Mallorca for visiting a, a brother, a friend of mine. So again, another kind of uh, independent in the world, which I felt very like we took a flight, we went a uh, connection in Frankfurt, and I remember. The, the lady in the airport was asking me if I have foam, like something with foam, like shampoo and stuff. And I didn't know what foam means. And I was like, and she was very angry. So, yeah, I had some stuff, you know, not knowing the language, it's, it can be stressful sometimes, I have to say. <laughs> and it was English. So, yeah. Uh, so this was like the first iteration, let's say. And then I went uh, during my military service, I went to Thailand. I think I broke a record for the first soldier ever that got approved for taking a vacation for three weeks to Thailand. I went with my dad. And the big, big, let's say, uh, experience outside of, uh, of my homeland uh, was uh, going to uh, the U.S. I was, uh, I was uh, walking there in a, all kind of uh, beauty and organic kind of uh, cosmetic things, and I really like it. I was very the good cars? at it. Um, 
in no, the cards? No, it was like oh. it was like the second uh, the second uh, variant. It was a, a really exclusive like spa. I was I was doing facial tra- treatments. I was really really like uh, going very deep into the ingredients, and so it was very exclusive. There are people like booking like a treatment with me. I was like skin expert. I would like to understand. <laughs> no, it was like this thing of like first you put like a hot towel to open the pores, and then you put a mask <laughs> that's like heating up the the muscles. You are the person doing this. And then you put like some uh, kind of a gold uh, magnetic mask, and then you put on top like this uh, mask from gold as well, which weird. It is cool. Uh, and yeah, and you have all kind of like, like crazy kind of like in the dentist, like lightning, you have like a kind of, it's look like a refrigerator, but for hot towels and you put music and, you know, and you speak with a person, it was very cool. Are you doing um, this Rebecca? What? Are you doing it now for Rebecca? I don't have the equipment. actually i need the the stuff but yeah in my spirit i'm 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 trying to pamper her as well uh and yeah and i went to the states uh to save money because my dream was to go to the world cup and i happened to have some swiss guy in my unit in the military which is sister is a, a lawyer i don't know if still in fifa And she brought, like, she connected me with this random guy in Switzerland. And he just told me, just pick a place, you know, corruption in FIFA. Yeah, it's not a, <laughs> that's, me. that's not a problem. So, yeah. So he just told me, just pick a game and a place and I would just uh, get you a ticket. And he was, and I was in the States when he sent me the ticket. So he sent it to a friend of mine in New York. And I didn't, like, he didn't ask for money in the beginning. Which like he didn't ask for money. I knew that, that I'm supposed to pay him seven uh, hundred US dollars because it was semifinal and it was like the best seats. And yeah, just like I, I needed to run after him to pay him the money, but it was very weird and, and fun. And then I went to Brazil and I stayed there in Belo Horizonte. I, w- I came for the football guys and I fell in love with the people and the music and uh, Like the football was very much of a secondary thing, especially after the, the horror game that I was experiencing <laughs> as a Brazilian fan. And I went to the Copa America after and stuff like that. And, and then I went back to the States for a while and for another iteration in Latin America. Um, and I think, I don't know if I, because we already record uh, some part of the podcast, so I don't know if I'm repeating the same one, guys tell me. But uh, what I wanted to like to emphasize that uh, like uh, one thing that drew me into this uh, traveling style is the understanding that I want to meet other cultures than my own and I don't want to go in this hummus uh, uh, road uh, which uh, this is how we call the place where all the Israelis traveling to uh, and I met uh, amazing amazing people mainly Argentinians uh, which uh, because of the the economic uh, reality they cannot really travel like us Israelis that like you know uh, we can travel with our money and stuff like that so they need to use their talent uh, everywhere they go 
and find things to make money, like, I don't know, doing uh, juggling, doing like food and music and like street kind of uh, theater. So I met those type of uh, amazing friends today that they accepted me, although I was a gringo and I barely speak uh, Spanish, to, to their like uh, familia viajera, to their uh, traveling family. Uh, one of the the girls there, Raisa, she's one of the, she was the, like the team leader of Spanish and she worked with us. And other also that work in customer success that travel with me. And a lot of amazing people that still today I, I, I really missed. And uh, yeah, so my point is that I think the most important and most amazing thing you can do is just go without a time limit. Um, this is the best way to travel. This is also the cheapest way, I think, because you kind of blend with the locals. You find the, the places to, that are not expensive. You eat the best food and the cheapest one. Um, and it's it changed my life, guys, honestly. I, I, I'm not the person. I, I, I'm sure I won't be the person I'm here, I'm here today without being able to learn languages, without being able to learn about other people's culture. Uh, my fiance, she's Brazilian, and we always, since day one, spoke Portuguese because this is what I learned before, and I think it's made me a better person as well. And uh, this is something that I believe uh, mystically or spiritually drew me to Lingopai by accident, and I'm very glad and honored to be in charge of the product and trying to to humanize or like take the way I learn languages and try to, um, you know, make it uh, more like just, practical just and like spread to the world. Yeah, just like with features and stuff. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the, the, the way language taught for adults or like for like young adults or for youngsters, it's wrong. And I think the 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 moment language le start learning would be outside of the education system and will be a casual intuitive thing hopefully using lingopi this is when people will be less ignorant no more languages and i think in general we will have a better world that was my pitch speech speech <laughs> A bola para você agora, Copa do Mundo. Shaquel, uh, did, you, did you hire every, all of your friends? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I started, you, I needed... You bring, you bring all, all. <laughs> my, my, my initial goal was to, to have a, a, a good excuse to reach out to friends that I haven't seen for many years and to bring them back to my life. So, yeah, so I, I brought uh, Raisa and then she brought her sister and then she brought... Her sister brought her, uh, uh, like, boyfriend. And then uh, I brought Pedro, which is a friend of mine. We met when I was teaching cooking uh, classes. Shakshuka. Um, Shakshuka. <laughs> like... was, he was the best volunteer there. He was my assistant. Um, and, yeah, so I brought basically all the people that I know. Melina as well. Uh, Carolina. So many people. And then Raisa brought her boyfriend. And then they broke up. But it's a different story uh yeah so yeah it's a telenovela in lingo pie guys it's a telenovela a real telenovela the yeah, story yeah, is can definitely can be filmed and produced very <laughs> everyone brings someone 
everyone like so that's super cool mm -hmm. and i, I think this is also I... the the secret sauce of lingopi that we have very strong relationship which build on trust build on on common values and common traveling and the way we see the world values um and um and I think that's that's something that is very unique, and it's not just a place to work. It's really a place that we, we, that I personally love to work with the people that uh, I really admire. And I think, yeah, I think this is the the reason why we we will we are doing something good, and we can make it even better. For you, what should be the perfect world? What, yes. What's your desires for? It, it's not a perfect. Uh, I, th I think this is Alisa's turn because I spoke too much. Alisa, I, I, I'm really eager to hear your response. My first, first vacation? Oh, we also in this question, sorry. We, we have this. <laughs> we have this. Yeah. Go uh, ahead. First of all, a small story because you seem to be because we are in the middle of a World Cup and you seem to be interested in uh, soccer. But so I wanted to tell you like a small it's detail. Uh, when I was living in Berlin and there was the World Cup in Germany, so I was working since before I was working in the stadiums as a VIP waitress. So I went uh, to many many games and I went also to the final of the World Cup in Germany, where it was France against Italy, where Zidane headbutted. I remember Matarazzo. <laughs> the, the Italian I guy. I remember that. I remember the day that Zidane headed Matarazzo. I think it was Matarazzo. Yeah. So, um, and Italy won, I think. Yeah. So it was like, Crazy, crazy atmosphere. Okay, but let me tell you about my first big trip. Uh, I mean, I went a little bit, a couple of times without my parents before that, but first big trip was when I was 17 and I went to New Zealand as a type of like, uh, uh, I mean, school exchange without exchange, basically. <laughs> like uh, I just went uh, in order to speak English because English was not my first language in school. It was French. <laughs> and, uh, but okay, that's not really the reason. It, it's kind of common that in 11th grade in Germany, because the, the, the school system used to be a little, how to say, not very efficient. So uh, the 11th grade, used, I went to school for 13 years and the 11th grade used to be a bit redundant. Like it's between the like f finishing uh finishing two years and the 10th grade which you like kind of finish also like a, a degree so the 11th grade was like whatever like just floating there so many used to go uh, for a year abroad but i didn't go for a year i went for four months to new zealand and um it was uh, amazing. Like it was uh, an, an amazing experience. Like to understand, to understand that there is such a big, different world out there. And uh, I, I, I had so many lessons in 
uh, like getting to know the Maori culture and getting to know local people and how everything was different uh, than, than I knew it from, from home. And so beautiful, such a beautiful, tropical, uh, wonderful country uh, with very hospitable people. So I went to school for around maybe two months. And then I got released from school because I wanted to travel. And the school said, whatever, go to travel. It's more important than going to school. So they released me from school for another two months. Like they wrote, they wrote me as if I went to school. And uh, I went to travel uh, in the South Island uh, with my friend from Switzerland, who was also in the program. We went like hitchhiking in, in um, the Southern Island. And yeah, it was like, this was uh, like all the milestones for my life basically were put there. I was 18. Um, all the mi milestones, which later would maybe evolve into uh, being more empathetic, being more open to new things, uh, understanding that you don't know nothing actually and that uh there's nothing you like whatever you you have when you grow up this is just one perspective of a thousand million perspectives and um and yeah and it was uh absolutely like i came back and i i understood that i, I don't know like i didn't want to I didn't want to have this life anymore in Berlin and the city. I wanted to get out and I wanted to like get out of this weird cocoon, uh, which I was like growing up in and pretty fast. Like I finished school, I left Germany, I studied in a different country and then I went on in a different country and, um, I guess in a subconscious search of uh, being closer to nature and um, until I got here. <laughs> and yeah, but I wasn't traveling like a uh, chaquette, uh, like big uh, chunks. I was traveling always because I was working. I was working and studying most of the time. I never took, like I took only like a year off or one year and a half off. Um, the first year when I came to Israel to learn the, the language, but other than that, I was always working and, and studying. Like, so I went always for like a month or one and a half months. However, I never could go for like, I mean, I never wanted to go. I could have taken time off. It was just not my priority. I wanted to finish uh, university fast. I wanted to finish everything fast. Because I was um, I was supporting myself, and uh, I I didn't want to like in Germany. There's so many people who are like studying for ten semesters, and uh, I I really wanted to avoid that. But yeah, I still got to see lots of places, and uh, I'm very grateful. Also, to a point where I actually wasn't a point where I had the time and I had the money, which was rare in this world you either have the time or you have the money uh and and i didn't want to go i i, I didn't want to go anymore i was like sick of traveling by myself 
I wanted to share it with someone. I travel so much. And I wanted like a different type of experience. And um and yeah, and I also I also don't like moving so much. I'm not such a like I I'm I'm moving and I'm getting stuck. <laughs> I'm I'm not the I don't like to be like on the road traveling a lot because like like a Bedouin. Exactly. Like I'm like I'm settling where I come. If I like it, that's it. I can't leave anymore. And uh it's hard for me. I need to leave because I need to be leaving. However, if I don't have like an open if I have no no time for him to come back, I would have stayed in New Zealand like fifteen years ago. So yeah, that's it from do you have uh, some uh, advice? Like, because honestly, I don't know how to travel for a certain amount of time, which is not very long. And I'm going, we are going to Portugal in uh, like middle of December. And I wonder if you have uh, like uh, advice how you can travel for like a month period or three weeks in a way that is like, not just like touristic sightseeing. My favorite way to travel especially in Europe, is uh, renting a car. Um, I'm renting a car, especially in Portugal, it's very cheap. And you, so you have, on one hand, you have the independence of doing it on your own, you know, and you're not dependent on any like trains and buses and stuff. And, and your stuff can be like, all your shit can be in the trunk. So I did actually Portugal in uh, one month by car. Uh, so like you, you book stuff in be, be, like before, like for example, when we were in Italy, I book it. The everything same needed to be booked. Amazing. It's my type. No, I, of, uh, I was driving, I was driving and I, okay. I would have like, maybe like a general direction of something I would like to see. And, um, and then I would go towards this direction and, uh, and then I would usually book it like, like one, like the same day or the day before, if I knew that, uh, I will stay there tomorrow. However, in Portugal, a thing which you might be interested in, I can recommend you, which was mind blowing somehow. The Azores, the, the Azores islands. Wow. Isn't it far? Get- yeah, I heard it's amazing. Very far. It's like two and a half hours flight, but you can fly there pretty cheap with the Ryanair. But if you have three weeks, then... But it's it's going to be cold. Like, I mean, if you are going in the season, you are going... I was in September and it was already cold. But it's yeah, mind-blowing. Mind it's like these volcanic islands, which are like like on steroids because it's like so fertile there because of the volcanic soil so you have everywhere flowers which are this size and uh, and and you have everywhere i call them the paradise keepers like everywhere people who would just garden something and they would like just like make it even prettier <laughs> then all the people they have no ikea they have no mcdonald's they have no burger king they're completely like isolated if you're going to a supermarket it's like this back in the day you know you come to this like stand and then you're like i want this this and this and all the people are like in in uh in uh like slow motion 
It's like, you know, island people are wow. generally weird, but these island people are so far away from civilization and they've been so far away from civilization for so long because Ryanair opened their flights like maybe a couple of years ago, like five years ago. Before that, it was so expensive to fly there. And uh, it's like a different universe. It's uh, So if you feel like going for a couple wow. of days... It's I, really- I feel I feel like going, honestly. And uh, yeah, and then just send me all the uh, like stuff for Portugal. And uh, if uh, we can also add to the description of the podcast, it's very valuable, guys. Alisa's uh, recommendation for traveling. It's like, and yeah. I would love, I mean, what I usually do is I'm trying to find a house, a really nice place to stay. Like I'm, I'm kind of, I like uh, nice housing. Um, not necessarily expensive, just like nice. Like, so you like have something authentic, like some type of, Portuguese native farmer's house, maybe like a finca Amazing. or something. And then uh, I usually stay there for a couple of days. And from there, from there, I do trips around the area. The people who are like, like renting it to you are telling you how to, like, where to find good oh, things. It's, it's my kind of traveling, exactly. So, yeah, the, uh, I, so get I a house in like the south in Dalgarva, get a house in the north in Duro. Like there's the Duro region, the it's beautiful. Algarve is beautiful, but see with the weather, it's like the weather is um, like ocean. Very good. My parents actually been to Portugal last week and they loved it. Shaked, are you, are you planning to live in Portugal or just like spend like some time? This is a tryout. Listen, uh, <laughs> is listening, so yeah, that's that's a secret plan, but uh, not anymore. Pedro, thank you. No, I'm kidding, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. but uh, yeah, we like I, I, it's been too long since last time I was traveling, at least the way I consider traveling, and I think uh, also everything here feels more radical. <laughs> So I feel that uh, that now it's a good time to to give it a shot, you know. Again, I think we're going for a month. Then I guess we go for another three months, hopefully, if we like it. And then, you know, step by step. Paso por paso. Pasito, pasito. Como dice pasito, la pasito, pasito. Pasito, pasito. Suave, suavecito. Amazing. That's pretty cool. I, w- I want to, like, face this Portugal again. I, I, I went there, like, in 2018 for five days in Lisbon. This what, was but did you understand the language, Pedro? It was hard. I will also, like, I think it's important to, because people yes. think that people in Portugal and Brazil, yeah, they speak Portuguese. But, like, I think it's very important to understand, and this is another tip, like, the most important thing, for my, for my opinion, in language is to focus on the tonation and the accent. Yes. And it can change totally the interaction with locals. It can change totally your mind. I think if you are able to, your, your, your brain able to imitate properly the accent, I think it's a very difficult thing to do. And I think it's very good to practice it. And more, and what's really funny about the Brazilian Portuguese and, and Portuguese from Portugal is that like 
it's basically the same language means that Brazilian can read everything. There are like some funny, different, like opposite usage of like raparigas, meninas, you know, stuff very weird. That uh, yeah. fish, fish, fish. So like the way the way uh, things said in Brazil are very, very, very different in Portugal, uh, like in the meaning in in terms of meaning. But uh, for example, we take the word like that maybe many people knows in Spanish that is gente, which in Italy it's very similar. We you write a G E N T E on all of the language, Portuguese, Spanish, and Italian. So in Spanish is gente, eh, mi gente. So you're following J Balvin, I think, or like some, some famous reggaeton. Good. And in uh, Italian is gente. Like and in Portuguese, from Brazil, it's gente. It's like, it's like a chiclete. It's like a chewing gum. You need to stretch the word as, as hard as you can, and you need to really give it your whole. And in Portuguese from Portugal, which is the same language, I remind you, written the same way, it's junt. junt. You, you don't junt. open the mouth to actually expressing. So, like, if se a gente fala agora em português e o Brasil, tudo que a gente fala vai ser mais assim cantado. It's going to be like singing in Portuguese. É tudo assim mastigado. Like, you are chewing the words, like, very like this. And if se a gente vai falar o português de Portugal, a gente não vai falar assim, falando, abrindo a boca. Estou <risos> falando igual Cristiano Ronaldo. Como falou igual Cristiano Ronaldo. E <risos> vai falar... So, this is basically the difference. Like, I can speak in Brazilian Portuguese and in Portuguese from Portugal that I need to improve. That's why, honestly, with all this wasn't the joke, I asked Pedro if he understood the... The people there because it's very very different the way they pronounce things. No, yeah, I did. So yeah, but it's not a easy test. It's even mainly when in Portugal are a lot of Portuguese speaking yeah. citizen at the same place in a in a table, for example. But there is a uh, like to be continued. There is an episode dedicated that made by Pedro and Monica about differences with Brazilian Portuguese and Portuguese from Portugal. So yeah. To be continued there. Yes, it, it's coming on a YouTube episode that me and Monica we were at the beach, so we record. Uh, she record like the difference between like Portuguese from Brazil, Portuguese from Portugal. I believe we will be releasing this this episode on January, by the first week of January. But yes, and, it, it's... and I think also uh, regarding that, I think like there is this rigid. A way of thinking, I think, for people that they want to learn only this dialect. I only want Portuguese from Portugal. I only want Spanish from Mexico. Guys, this is what makes language amazing. This is so so rich. Yes, it may be difficult to follow different dialects from the beginning, but this is what makes all what we're what we are doing here so exciting because it's a different culture and nuances and slang. And and like the way people talk with their hands or with without, and I think like like for example, if you just focus on Portuguese from Portugal, you wouldn't be aware of amazing richness of Brazilian music. And True. yeah, and if you go to like only Portuguese from Brazil, you wouldn't be aware to amazing fado or like Portuguese music. So I think. Don't be so strict, guys. Think about it as a child. This is, I think, the 
the best tip I can give for people that like care about other cultures, you know, uh, is really try to be as open-minded as possible. Don't be harsh on yourself. Just like play with it, you know, don't take yourself seriously. Still today, like I have this thing, the first and the most important thing when, when you learn a new language is that you make a lot of funny, funny, the funniest mistakes that you are only allowed because you're a gringo. So you need to take advantage of it and just play with it. Like it's okay, not okay. You need to make mistakes. The mistakes is what makes you actually remember emotionally those uh, those things and remember how to say it correctly. And I still today, although I know the, how to say the, the words properly in Portuguese, because I think it's funny, I, I just mix like stupid mistakes. For example, a tourist guy in Portuguese, this guia de turismo, and I, and I really like to say guia de torresmo, which means like <laughs> a sport skin. So it's like those stupid things that, uh, that are really guia de torresmo. And then like, and many times, um, you know, my, my uh, fiance, she's Brazilian, and she's, she doesn't see eye to eye in this case, and she always corrects me for stuff. And I, in purpose, I continue doing those mistakes, although I know how to say it correctly because I think it's funny. Uh, so really think about it as an adventure. Don't take yourself Question. seriously. It's fun. Fala I, I want to ask you, like, especially since, especially since there are such big differences in intonation and, and uh, we've talked about it also in the past, how important it is that you try to speak like the locals do basically, and that um, it connects you much more and much stronger. So what would be your advi advice, um, let's say, like of how to sound more like a native or what to do um, in order to sound more like, like in what way to learn uh, in order to sound more like a native? So amazing. I think it's a really good question. First, like I said, forget about the concept of, as a, of us as an adult, which we criticize ourselves and we give uh, like uh, grades to ourselves every place we go. So just forget about it. Like, it's okay. Just play with it. Have fun. Try to the hardest you can to make fun of yourself. Uh, and by that, you will be much closer to the right tonation. Because, for example, for Portuguese from Brazil, even now, I just, I don't even pay attention. But I, uh, in Hebrew, if I would say it with the Hebrew accent, I would say Brazil, which is like Brazilian won't understand. It needs to be Brazil. You don't, you don't pronounce the L. And I was trying to say that I'm from Israel. In Hebrew, I would say Israel. In Spanish, I tried because everyone thinks that people that speak Spanish, they also speak Portuguese and vice versa. So I said, Israel. They didn't understand uh, until I understood that I need to say Israel. So Israel. Those, uh, those things are crucial in terms of like, first, forget about you, your ego, and your like anxiety of failing. This is not relevant in language learning. This is just make it hard. Just have fun. So that's the first tip. And the second thing is music. Just listen to music. Um, we have in Lingopie, of course, but also Spotify. 
as amazing feature, which shows you all the lyrics. This made my Portuguese like, and I think it's also amazing because first there is amazing music out there and it's very culture. It's very like repetition wise in terms of comprehension. And unless you go to reggaeton and hip hop, I don't know, it's rap music. It's pretty slow and repetitive and you can discover art, like really poetry and the way they, they speak and learn a lot about the culture by listening to its music. Like, so how and did you have access to content. How did so you use Like, let's say there is no, like, okay, we have the amazing Lingo Pie music uh, product, but how did you used to do it? Did you, uh, did you translate the songs? Like, like, for example, well, no, honestly, I didn't do very, I didn't do, I'm very lazy. I'm not a stu good student. Actually, I didn't even went to university because I don't like to sit and study. I just study on the go. So I'm not that type of person of like go and like start memorizing words and stuff like that. I just uh, like I actually sent me a message yesterday. Uh, Joao Africa, a friend of mine, which is from Guinea-Bissau, and he was living in in Brazil. So when I was traveling, I had a hard disk, and he just put tons of music in my hard disk, uh, and I just listened to this music. It was even music in Creole, which is native. Uh, where you come from and and like many things and i just listen to music just just like that and and i think also another important thing is like people always ask me oh when did you start like since when you know portuguese and i don't have an answer because like language learning is not start and end it's a, it's a it's a life-changing adventure that you need to like i don't think you can learn a language in an academic kind of uh, environment or like in a like i don't know like like you learn programming languages i don't know the the, the best way to learn language is just to fall in love with the people and the culture and all the nuances and slang and stuff like that and i think uh, that's why like I don't have an answer than when I started learning Spanish or Portuguese the way I ended because I still learning every day. Like every time I hear the music that I love from Caetano Veloso, for example. That's I want I want to ask what what is your top five art artists from Brazil? Caetano Veloso, Jorge Gilberto, uh, Chimaya, Chimaya, Elis Regina, Elis Regina, Tom Jovim, Tom Jovim, e MC Jovinho. George Benjamin. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Yeah, the last one was very like trash, which is very cool, funky reggaeton. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, what is reggaeton is for for, for oh, Spanish yes. culture? We have funky. Yeah. Like so, if you need a recommendation for playlists in Portuguese, we will add it to the description. I As I'm also a big fan of Caetano Veloso, but I I also listen to some of the songs like over. 200 times because this was the only song I had on my iPhone when I was doing uh, Camino de Santiago. Which song? Sozinhos. And which one? It's which a long, song? long, long, long way. I don't know. <laughs> because there's the, there's this, the, the famous song from Cartano Veloz called Sozinhos. It's, uh, it's called Long Way. And I felt Long like Way? It. Ah, yeah. I, wow, I love this album. It's a long, long way. <laughs> yes. Wow, it's called, the, the name of the album is Transa. 
Yeah. Transa. Ah, I feel transa. by listening to it. You know, he was, uh, he was living in the uh, UK in this time. That's why it's also yes. in English. So I feel by I listening think he was to it, Reza, this, it didn't bring me any closer to learning, uh, to understanding Portuguese. Just before I'm answering your, uh, your, your uh, frustration, I just wanted to say a fun fact. It's not really fun. There was tons of amazing musicians during the dictatorship in uh, Brazil mm-hmm. that were like needed to run and like leave the country. One of them was Caetano Veloso. So he went to England and he made this uh, song, this album it's called Transa, which is amazing. And it's part English, part Portuguese. And this is a good song if you like the cultural, historical uh, aspects uh, album to start with. And it's beautiful because it's also mixed English. Answering your, your, your uh, frustration, Lisa, I think like every person is different. And I think if you go deeply in your meditation session, the reason that this obstacle for, for, for people that have difficulty with languages has, I don't think it's an, a, like a, the nerve system, I don't know, brain stuff or phys, physical things. I think it's probably some trauma that we are carrying, probably because of uh, old, like adult, like teacher or like parents that made us um, feel that it's like we cannot learn or this way or like something there, I think. I think if you ask like uh, people that are really, ah, I can learn languages too hard or like this is not for me, probably they are carrying something much more deeper inside of like some teacher that was like very cruel to them or like some feeling as a child that they were not good enough and not have feeling of success. I think this is the, the key. And, and another thing is that every person is, is slightly different. I think the amount of music in Portuguese that I, I was listening to together with this, uh, like, I don't care about making fool of myself and trying to, to speak. I think this combination made it as a successful experience. But I really don't think that there is a difference between any person and the person that actually learned language, just the f- this success, the feeling of success, which is, I think, the most important thing when learning anything and in general, I think, for self-confidence. So I think this is my answer to you. Also, it's not to be afraid of failure. I mean, it's not not to be afraid, Pedro. You need to fail. In order to learn, you need to fail. Exactly. Not to like you not to have this afraid. You should. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have afraid of failure because. Oh, no, forget you know, about afraid. Afraid is not relevant. You need to fail. <laughs> to fail. Yes, fail. true. Don't it's don't really, be afraid. You need to. It's really hard to sound like an, people who really want to sound native. When they they are learning English, they really want to sound like American or like a British. Uh, yeah. I think it doesn't make sense. You you create this this boundary, this barrier around you, uh, it makes it much higher, harder because it's quite impossible to acquire uh, a level of fluency from a native, as a native. So... Cara, cara, eu sou um exemplo para isso. Eu tô dizendo que é possível. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm not no, saying it... that this is the but only thing you we, need to do. We still have accent. I, I, when I speak Spanish, I have an accent. In when I speak Spanish or Italian, I have accent. 
uh, a Brazilian, a, a, a Slavic. Well, I think, I think it's okay to have access. No, I'm yeah, not that's... You can try doing the donation. I'm not, you don't need to, there is not... To, to sound native. Yes, sound like an American from New York. That's... Yeah, I, I can't do American accent. And I think most of it is because, first, I think people will understand you if I speak like this uh, heavy Israeli accent, <laughs> which is different from Brazilian. Like in, in Brazil, like Portuguese, I can't really, I don't think like if I really want to to make uh, Rebecca, uh, my fiance upset, I start speaking Portuguese, which I don't, I don't want usually. But it, once, once in a long while, I just start speaking Portuguese with Israeli accent, which is just normal, of course. And it's so ugly, guys. Honestly, it's like, you cannot speak Portuguese without a try to 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 do the the right donation, and I think this is a it's you can be fluent, know all the words, speak about anything, but if you don't do this extra of trying to learn the the accent, I think you are you are you are losing some like connection and relationship that it can be very strong with uh, with with people for the culture and they really respect it. Um, that's one. And I think also I, I never made this, uh, this thing with English for like American English. And I think to be honest, mainly I have the same, same thing with Arabic because it's connected to a lot of like this, uh, Western way of learning of English. If I speak like an idiot, you know, English, American English, um, not valuable for like working, you know, or like if I have heavy accent, it's like there's a lot of like stress inside and tension about my level of English. And if I can be full of myself in American English, it's very much different for me being full of myself in Portuguese because it's kind of a language that I'm supposed to be very good at. Um, so that's one. And I think, um, and also in Arabic, like, like Arabic, the reason I don't, and I'm embarrassed that I speak all those languages and Arabic is not as fluent or it's not fluent actually. And I think it's, it's, it's crazy because I live in Israel, um, but Arabic as well. I think the reason is that I'm afraid to be, to make full of myself, not because like indifferent from other languages, mainly because there is kind of a, there is a, a conflict and a tension always, uh, because of the this narrative that we live in so i think this is some things that there are obstacles so it's the first i think it's is our conception of ourselves or what the society or the, the people along the way uh, push to our head and the second thing i think it's uh, some let's say things that they are changing the status quo to be more like complicated for us i think um so yeah, I feel also in every language we speak, it's a bit of a different personality. Like you, no, total, no it's not a bit, Alisa. It's a total different personality. Totally. I I'm completely different when I speak Russian and when I speak German and when I speak English. Because especially if you speak the languages already like well, like really well then uh, when you have friends when you can already like talk in uh, a big group you know like you're not struggling then it's like you're like a different person in every language i have a, i have a funny story about that 
stream as well, which is pretty short, I hope. Um, so I was uh, late to, to a meeting, of course. Um, I was like just around the, the neighborhood here next to the office. I was with my, uh, my bikes, I think. And there is this weird thing in the building where our uh, office is, is that like it's a huge building and there is many entrances. And for some reason, like very, very like early, they close all the entrances beside one and you need to like to do like crazy detour just to, to enter the building. So I was a little bit uh, late uh, and it was closed at the entrance, which is the closest to the office. So I decided to, you know, do a hack, combina in Hebrew. Um, and I said, okay, I will go to the parking, like un underground parking, and then I will take, I uh, will go from there. And I was like speeding, entering the, the, the parking and the, the, the guard was like, hey, hey, stop. Like, you cannot do it. And as an Israeli, when someone comes to you with anything and you only care about yourself, you react very kind of Israeli way, which is kind of very kind of aggressive. It was like an old guy, you know? So I felt like all of a sudden, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to like argue with him. And like, I'm telling you, it's like a matter of like a minute, even less. I was like, kind of like, yeah, why? Yeah. And... I was all of a sudden I, I noticed that he has a, a, a Brazilian accent, and I was like, in this moment of this aggression, Israeli, you know, conflict, I was it changed to Portuguese, and I was start saying, "Ah, você é brasileiro, ah, você é do Rio," <laughs> and then he was like from Rio, from Rio de Janeiro, and he was like an old guy. He was uh, immigrate like 25 years ago. Since then, he works in the same job. He's from Ashkelon, which is very far from where, where we walk. He's come every day. And I was telling him, Ah, você tem que conhecer, temos samba toda semana. I was telling him that he need to come to the samba event every week. And since then, I'm trying to all the time to go there and say hi to Yossi, which is Jose. Um, and I think what I really, and I remember it was like mind-blowing for me that this day, and I still today feel it, the difference of my personality speaking Hebrew versus Portuguese, even the tonation. Like yes. uh, when I speak Hebrew, Rebecca always says, like I speak very low, it's like very heavy. When I speak Portuguese, it's very like exciting, very emotional. Um, I think this is like even therapy I'm doing in Portuguese, like couple therapy and it's like that. And I feel much more comfortable to speak my own native language speaking Portuguese. Like emotion. Okay. You're a Brazilian. Yeah, let's face it. Let's Why face it. In your in some past lives of yours, you, you're born Brazilian. <laughs> Probably like in the mid '80s. And I want my son to be João. I remember so, first time I met the first João in my life. It was actually two Joaos different. João Africa, João Pequeno. I remember we, <laughs> my friends, we were we were saying like when we were we have a, a child we will call him João. And I actually I think it's gonna happen. What's the name? Tropican. It's it, it, it's my brother's name, João. Of course, it's every other Brazilian uh, person. Yeah, uh, it's my I, like even my in my family it's all biblical names like Pedro, João, Marco, and Paulo. And it's I and from, I think from, yeah, from I Bible. think it's also one of the hardest name to pronounce for any other person. João, yes, because the the a with the the accent there, el acento. Preciso fazer xixi, cara. Vamos acabar? 
Vamos, vamos. I love. Another funny word in Portuguese is xixi, which means steam. Uh, <laughs> and like xixi, it's the holy day of like uh, Friday. Yes. Yom xixi. Yom xixi, it means like the day of. of... The Friday. Yom xixi. I remember the, this word. What is it? I think I think something maybe not shishi but shishi or something like that in Chinese is thank you. Yeah. Ah yeah, shishi. <laughs> no, but guys, uh, I think maybe we can uh, wrap it up. But before, uh, maybe we can uh, just say the word that we like the most in any language that we speak. Like one at least. Mine is saudades in Portuguese. I really enjoy ojalá in Spanish. Hey, but you need to explain oh, okay. what it means. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So saudade is, it's, it's very hard. It's, I don't think it's, it's doable to translate to a word either in English or Hebrew, but it means the feeling of missing someone, the, the feeling of missing someone, and it's something that you say a lot. And I think also Brazilian in general, they speak a lot from their heart and they speak a lot with their emotion and they complement a lot it's very common which i think in like europe and the us in israel people are not it's like like kind of a pervert if you compliment someone i don't know especially the other gender so i think uh, this is a very cool thing about brazilian they are very emotional very uh, uh, let's say expressing and i think saudage is it's the best word in portuguese nice beautiful word for my for me is I like this word in, in Spanish and Itali Italian, which is, is the same meaning. Ojalá, magari, magari. It's, it means hope, like hopefully, uh, like ojalá this happens. Ojalá eso pueda suceder, It's a kind of word that uh, I. It sounds beautiful. It sounds funny. Because we like the Spanish one, like in Argentina, everyone like said, "Ojalá." It's like hopefully this kind of thing happen, or hopefully this kind of uh, situation doesn't happen. So it's always it's like a kind of word very very used by like by Spanish in general. Okay. Ojalá. I can tell you a word, maybe you've heard about it. It's in German, it's uh, called Fernweh. It's uh, basically the opposite of homesick. It's like when you when you crave to to go some some Wow, uh, very cool. Far and away. Fernweh. Fernweh. Fan yeah. Fan wow. Actually, I, I just discovered something about German, like because I'm dealing with the languages and stuff. And I think, I don't know, it's my hypothesis. Maybe you can, uh, you agree or not. Like there is this thing in German, let's correct, correct me if I'm wrong, that every time you have a verb, which is basically almost every sentence, the verb always split in the, in the start of the sentence and in the end of the sentence. What means for me is that in order to understand what the person wants to say, you need to listen until he finishes the sentence, which is very not Israeli and also very interesting, I think. 
I don't know, Alisa, if uh, you if it's true what I'm saying. Like in all cases, this sandwich kind of a verb in the in the start and in the end combined. Honestly, I'm not sure uh, what it means. Doesn't matter. Let's say let's say it is because this is. <laughs> Is this and fake news? This <laughs> it's, a, it's a hypothesis, okay, guys. Yeah, we can fake news. Fake news. My theory is that Germans are much more polite, and like it's very rare to see a German person interrupt in the middle of other person speaking because of that. And I think we Israelis we are not because like like the essence of the sentence. Is right in the start, like subject and then the verb. It's usually it starts the sentence with like in a very prominent place. So we are much more, let's say, interrupting each other. So yeah, that's like my for theory. all the Latin languages. I think it's no, more I mean, the culture. I I think I it's think more it's, the culture. I think the language affects the culture. To be honest, I really <laughs> don't, don't don't blame the don't blame the language. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's connected. It's getting, it's getting. Yeah, also in like yeah, Arabic and Hebrew and some stuff. I mean, it comes out from, it's interconnected and it's entangled in one thing. Because words has a lot of uh, power, for my opinion. Like the the way you speak to another person affects everything. So, and I think that's why language is so important. Like that's why I really believe that language can make like people less ignorant and 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 in general like. I think it's a very powerful thing we have, and I think this is also what's like dif- differentiate us than animals or like any other beings. Is this very uh, advanced way of of communicating? And I think like people, I, I don't think we understand enough how powerful it is. And it's more than just like uh, yeah, I can speak some French and German. It's really life changing. It's very very strong. Good note, Shaked, for us to wrap up. Thank Namaste. you, gentlemen, for this beautiful... I had uh, a lovely here. moment here, and luckily, we, we didn't lost. Thanks, we didn't lost anything. Connection. <laughs> this one. The connection is perfect, amazing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. The best connection Thank ever. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. So, so, next week. See you next week. Uh, I will pick it. I will pick someone. Uh, yesterday was I had like a meeting with Mayara and all the Latin court team, and I said, "Your time will come. I will pick like some <laughs> random person. Yeah. Probably I don't know if it's Mayara or Jose, Tino. I don't know. At some point, everyone will be in this room. Yeah, I think it's an amazing initiative, and I always would love to join." Cool. If you will allow me. Nice. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye, Shaki. Bye.